Welcome to the Coffee Pod mini series of podcasts. This is the AI for Science and Government edition. In here, we want to focus on the people behind the projects and get to know them and their story. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Coffee Pod. I am currently recording this remote because our guest is speaking all the way up from Scotland. And I'm very, very happy to have here Fernando Benitez. Hello. Hi there. Hi Bea, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. How are you doing? I can't complain. Quite, quite good. Uh, here for assisting the weather of Scotland, but quite happy. <laughs> That's wonderful because, uh, well, at least I guess the weather has not been great everywhere. So I will start with my question that I've been asking all of our guests because this is the coffee pot. So my first question for you is, how do you take your coffee? <laughs> well, I'm Colombian, so I'm quite strict with the coffee uh, and all the type of coffees I get here in the UK and also in Scotland. So I usually take my coffee in the very early morning and I usually take at least four coffees. So as you can see, I'm quite addicted to coffee and it's been like that since I was uh, living in my in my country. But yeah, I usually also add some um, some portion of meal, something like that. But our coffee is quite soft. It's not as uh, strong as it could be the espresso. But yeah, I, I'm quite a huge fan of coffee. I'm a little bit sad that we are not having a coffee right now. Unfortunately. Because, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hopefully we can have some coffee next time we are in person. Hopefully. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, thank you. That is a great way of having coffee and a great <laughs> amount of coffee. Uh, so my first question after this one that was so important is, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, about your entire um, career? Because as you just said, you're Colombian. So you've, you came from Colombia at some point. Oh, yes. Uh, I moved uh, to Europe when I wanted to start my PhD. So I did my PhD in Spain uh, through uh, Marie Curie Action uh, Support. So it was quite interesting project that involves three European universities, uh, the University Jaume Primero, uh, the University of Münster, and the University Nova in Lisboa. So I actually spent uh, quality time in Lisbon. It was fantastic. And then I did my PhD in geoinformatics over there. And then I did uh, uh, the first postdoc in Scotland at the University of St. Andrews, uh, working in special data science. And then I just had the chance to work in the Turin again with uh, urban analytics team and the shock and resilient project which was, which actually was really fantastic because I had the opportunity to work with several researchers and and yeah, um, my background is in in special special data science. So I have been working in in that area for a long time ago, and everything started I would say in the private sector. So I was working in Colombia uh, for Esri Colombia ESRI. So it's the uh, developer of a platform um, well known for managing um, uh, spatial data called RGIS. So I was working with them and I got this kind of feeling of being a fan of maps and spatial data. And I wanted to do more. So that's why I moved from the private sector to uh, the academia. And it's been a quite a huge journey since I started moving from the private sector, then preparing myself as an academic and now as part of the University of St. Andrews. Congratulations on your job as well. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my question, I have a question now, which is, uh, so you said you, I guess you lived in Colombia and then you did your PhD in Spain. Yep. Um, how did you find then moving to the UK? Because 
both were Spanish-speaking countries, right? Oh, Lord. <laughs> well, it was, it was quite a journey. So um, initially, I applied uh, for several applications. I mean, when you finish their PhD, your PhD, you ended up having this kind of a struggle. Oh, my God, what I'm going to do? I'm going to go for the private sector or the academia. I wanted to try out the academia a little bit more. So I applied for several universities, but one caught my attention, which was the University of St. Andrews. And I tried my best to to, to follow all the process. Uh, fortunately, the university support me uh, in terms of the financial uh, like financial cost for, for the visa and the mobility issues. So I was living in Spain. As like another immigrant from Colombia. So I had a kind of different kind of stuff. So I need to move over there. And also the visa costs were super expensive. Um, and also moving my cat was a huge struggle. So I'm living with a cat. He's also a Spanish one. So he got the Spanish par- passport actually before me. So um, <laughs> moving uh, the, my pet, it was also another traumatic experience, but I had the chance to get all the support from the university. I did all the process and it was yes, a, a little bit traumatic, expensive. And, and I will say some kind of barrier. So if you you ask other people that they don't have the money because they're just finishing their PhD, uh, there are going to be some kind of uh, a barrier to reach that place. Once you are here and, and if the university support this initial cost, then everything works really, really good. I'm sorry to hear, but I can attest uh, to all of our listeners that I have seen the cat and it's a very cute cat. I can see in the background. And uh, it's actually sitting in my lap right now. <laughs> his face has made an appearance and everyone is very jealous that I get to see the cute cat. <laughs> yeah, it's quite popular in Instagram as well. <laughs> <laughs> How did you find um, the UK itself? The, sh- the culture shock, I guess. Oh, well, it's again a little bit shocking. So I'm, I'm Latino. And then I moved to Spain. So it was a kind of a cultural shock, but it was very smooth because in Spain we have uh, similar food. Uh, the language is the same. Although you might think that in Spain, in Spain you speak Spanish, but now we speak where I, where I live, we, uh, they speak uh, Valencian. And if you move to Catalonia, then they speak, speak Catalan. And it's like a very, um, mix of different language, which is quite fantastic. Uh, but it was a, a smooth transition. But then when I moved to the UK, obviously it was a little bit stronger. This kind of uh, chalk was a little bit more um, strong, but it was okay. Like it's up to you. Like if you start to feel okay with the culture, with the food, with the things you can do and consider that I moved from kind of a small city in Spain and I moved to San Andres, which was uh, even, even a smaller, uh, but the whole vibe of gold the whole buy of having this amazing scenery here in Scotland just pushed me and, and helped me to do this kind of transition. And, and again, uh, the support of local people, the university and the different activities you can find over here was, was spectacular. And also the way to practice my English, because I just finished my PhD. It was in English, but though I, <laughs> I did it in Spain. So the practice was very limited. So for me, it was fantastic to have the chance to, to, to practice my English over here. Here. And I will say it's, uh, I'm not going to lie, it's, it's difficult in certain points, but it's up to you. You need to find the best places, uh, friends, create your social circle and try your best to integrate into the society. From what I can tell from both your stories that you've had quite a complicated 
um, with the visas and everything and how difficult it was as a PhD student and then as a Latino person coming to to the UK. But it seems like you found your own support um, at the university. Definitely. The university was a, a key aspect. Um, the researchers I also find out over here, um, some, my, some of my friends also over here, and the support also of, of this kind of academic community you start to build. So there were other researchers trying to do the same, but other in other places. And then you start to share this kind of experience. And your main focus is try your best to, to carry on with the project you have been hired. So it's amazing if you actually focus in, in, in these kind of objectives. Although I gotta say that during this initial transition, it was um, the pandemic hit. So unfortunately, I spent most of the of my first postdoc being locked down. But it was kind of um, it was kind of okay because I was living in, in 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 a cottage in the middle of the forest in Scotland. So I didn't actually had to lock down at all. My closest neighbor was one kilometer away, so it was quite fantastic. Obviously, because I come from a big city, then from Spain. This lack of social interaction was hitting me a little bit. But again, the support of the university, this buy of doing my best for the project, and sometimes obviously the help of Jack, my cat, and the family obviously give you this kind of push that you needed. Oh, that's that's really good to hear. And as, as I was saying, it's amazing that you got locked down in a cottage. That sounds <laughs> like one of the best places. <laughs> Definitely, definitely was was fun. I, I wouldn't say fantastic because we had really traumatic experience. Uh, everyone, uh, all the struggles. Uh, but I, w- I would say was smoother than obviously other people living in big cities. How did you find your time at the Turing? Because I guess you did your first postdoc in St Andrews, and then you had a postdoc at the Turing. Oh, it was was just fantastic. I mean, I couldn't be happier for that experience. So when I was again. Uh, finishing my my postdoc i was in this again this period of transition where i should do trying to find another position and and i find myself in the situation where i needed to learn more to become a, a, a proper academic to follow this career and i said okay i need another postdoc that provide provide me with more experience so i applied for the tooling i got the interview with fantastic uh, people from different universities and then i start um uh, working in shock and resilience um, from ASG. And I had also the chance to work actually in two projects, urban analytics uh, or the urban analytics team uh, led by Mark Birkin and also shock and resilient. And it was for me fantastic having the chance of speaking and share ideas uh, with people from different backgrounds, different universities. That for me was uh, priceless. And also having the chance to develop one of the uh, cutting-edge st- uh, stuff or, or models that we are being working on at this at this moment. So my time in the touring couldn't be more interesting, excited. Uh, at the beginning, I start again in this COVID situation where we couldn't travel. So the first shock was, oh, I was so excited to be in the in the British Library and I couldn't travel, so I need to wait a little bit lo- uh, longer to, to to reach that place. But when finally everything opens up, was one going there, checking out the new offices, uh, meet with the people you have been meeting soon. So the little box started to have shape and, and body. So it was amazing to share this experience with all my colleagues. And and yeah, I gotta say it was uh, quite important for me because it was actually the postdoc that boosted my career to get the, prop- the, the current position I have. Oh, that's amazing that you got such a an, an positive outlook. Yeah, I mean... It's the way, no? 
And I, I guess you're still connected to the cheering, right? You're going to go down uh, to AIUK. Yes. So uh, we submitted a couple of applications to do a demonstration. So I'm super excited that we got acceptance for this demonstration. So I'm going to be there again in London to demonstrate what we have been doing during the last two years in the urban analytics teams, also with experience in shock and resilience. And hopefully we're going to be able to present to the large audience what we have been doing and the importance of our uh, new tools. Oh, that's that's so that's so cool. Um, and thank you for sharing with us as well. I'm going to now ask more questions about Fernando because I want to know that besides all of this academic things, what is it that you enjoy to do? What is it that you do up there in Scotland? Wow, I have several hobbies. I'm basically uh, quite fan of maps. So my, all my house, house and office is always surrounded by different kind of maps. So this is going to be my first number one uh, passion. But then I'm a huge fan of cycling, as you can see. Um, Behind me, I have an older bike, so I'm trying to collect different type of bikes. I'm quite a cyclist, um, although I would like to practice more, <laughs> but especially because of here, here the weather when it's super windy is basically a torture if you go outside and, and ride your bike. Um, I also enjoy cooking. No? I really like to learn how to create new recipes. I try my best to replicate the recipes I know from Colombia, and I'm quite passionate to share uh, other colleagues uh the taste of our arepas. So I'm quite um, proud of making my own arepas and show everyone, look, look, you need to combine your coffee with this arepa. And for me, it's just quite <laughs> fantastic. And and yeah, I think I will say that also hiking and running are uh, other of my passion. So I, I, will, I always try to do my best to uh, run a couple of miles uh, during the week and I use weekends to enjoy a long ride. That is so cool. That is so many things. I, w I have a question. How many maps do you currently have? Oh, depending. In the office, I still, I, I currently have four. And in my house, I have at least, let me count it. One, two, three, four. And uh, four only in the office. And in the living room, I have another two, so six. <laughs> That's really good. And it's is it any maps in particular or parts of the world? Uh, historical maps. I also li I like these uh, uh, relief maps where you can clearly see some kind of the shape of the topographic shape of the maps. And also enjoy uh, the roads or highway. These, these maps that you can highlight the roads and then through the roads, you can see the shape of the urban landscape. So I very I love this type of, of map. But it has to be any kind of map that uh, basically helped me to, to travel a little be to a specific place or a specific period of the time. Oh, that's amazing. And do are the maps of like particular places or do you just have like from all over the world? First map I have here in front of me is um it's uh, uh, Mercator projections, which is quite important for cartography. So I have this map as a reminder how important projections are, <laughs> especially for my <laughs> teaching activities and some of the discussions we have. And <laughs> I also have uh, maps uh, around Scotland because I really liked going out and enjoy the uh, amazing scenery here in, in Scotland. So I tried to to plan in advance what type of trip I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do during the weekend. So I have a two or three maps of Scotland and finally maps of my country. So 
Colombia is quite a mix and remarkable uh, a country with different type of landscape and, and, and an amazing um, topography. So I have a couple of maps of uh, the Los Andes, the strain of mountains we have. Uh, I have one, another one from uh, Bogota, which is uh, my the city where I where, where I born and. And I think that's all. <laughs> that's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing all no of this problem. with us. Um, I wonder, do you have anything else you would like to to say? No, I'm just looking forward to listen to the episode to see what are their reactions of other people and and just just uh, uh, let other people that if they have a nice idea, they want to catch up with me, they want to just uh, they are more interested in my research areas or check what we have been doing in the touring. I will be happy to uh, have a chat or, or just read your email so it will be fantastic to share more ideas with other people hopefully another colombians another latino are here in the uk that i wanted to share some kind of ride or share some kind of coffee we have very strong uh discussions about the coffee <laughs> and the and, and the topics not the toppings what would you use to drink your coffee so yeah for me it's arepas but uh, other people don't like it. <laughs> I will invite myself to those conversations. Of course. So. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank Definitely. you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to The Coffee Pod. I'm your host, V. Costa Gomes, and the episodes are produced by Luca Lane. This is a collaboration with ASG, with a shout-out to Zainab Ismail and Achintia Rao. Our music has been produced by Spider Z Vinyl. 